Good evening, everybody. Good day. Good whenever, because you might not be listening to us live. But uh, it is the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza here on Bucky's fifth quarter. And uh, a lot has been going on There's in the news. There's a lot of Packer news out there. Uh, again, sadly, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's not of the playoff variety. Scott Wisniewski here with Jake Kokorowski. Jake, I'll tell you what, I'm how important Packer news is in the state, but I guess you know when the Packers didn't make the playoffs, there were a lot of people that thought there weren't going to be many changes. There have been a, a ton of changes, and we talked about some of them last week, but uh, just not even a week later, there's a ton more. And Jake, first of all, how's everything going? And, and secondly, uh, are you able to keep track of all the moves that are happening up in Green Bay? And, and uh, good evening to you, Scotty, and everyone that's listening. And, you know, doing well outside of this impending ice storm that we've had. I know it's coming towards you where it's uh, it's a, a nice in the 40s right now, but slowly dropping. Uh, we've already experienced our drop, and I, my car on the way home today from the day job was completely filled with ice. And, and almost, I had to break through the ice to actually get into my car. Uh, which is always fun, but doing well nonetheless. And uh, about this, <laughs> about all the coaching, uh, the reporting from you know, along with Brian uh, Gutekunst, uh, who, by the way, you know, we talked to West uh, Tex Western last week, and of course, the day after us doing the podcast, you know, next thing you know, thing you know Packers named Brian Gutekunst is their next GM. So yeah, that's how fast this is going. Uh, mm-hmm. with this Packers news cycle. Uh, but, you know, a great way that you guys can help to do that, too, and shout-out to Tex and his team. They have a you know GM coaching staff tracker, essentially, about the, all the report tracking on acmepackingcompany.com. That's our SB Nation site, our cousins that cover the Green Bay Packers uh, as the Kielbasa Kings uh, sports extravaganza is uh, brought to you by Bucky's fifth quarter, which, of course, covers Wisconsin athletics. But... Uh, you go to there, and yeah, that's the best way to keep, like, one of the best ways you can keep track. But it has been swirling, man. It's almost as bad as the storm. You know, you never. I, I'd say this is more generating more buzz than if the Packers are in the playoffs right now, just based on how much of a wholesale change. It seems like you know the consolidations of power at, in, in GM and or in terms of the the coat or how the reporting tree up to Mark Murphy, plus and you know what's going on. Uh, with, with who may be interviewing for, for other positions uh, well, and backers. And here's the thing, and we had hoped to get uh, Jason Wilde on, but it was a little bit short notice because there are some things I'd like to drill into a little bit later on down the road, maybe during the offseason. But here's here's really what happened. We talked to Tex. It looked like Russ Ball was, was a for sure thing, okay? The next day, there was actually a report floating out there that they had come up with a potential way to lure John Schneider away. Also, we're told that Reggie McKenzie refused to interview and didn't want this job. Then it looked like it was going to go to Elliot Wolf. And then within 48 hours, Brian Gutenkust is your GM. And before we get into the hire and why I think it's a decent hire, and I know that, you know, if, if you, let's let's say you had two good candidates in him and Elliot Wolf, whoever got the job, the other one was going to leave. That I mean, that happened organizations when you have two good young candidates right so people could be mad that that they quote unquote drove Elliot Wolf away I wish him well in Cleveland he'd left to take a job there but that was going to happen you always get some hard feelings because you feel like you got passed up right so that that's normal okay but you know Packer fans are an interesting breed because this offseason has started with I just want Ted Thompson gone to 
it better not be Russ Ball to, um, you know, get some, you know, promote from within. Then they hire Guntkus. Why are they promoting from within? Packer fans are a trip, man. I'll tell you what. Um, I like this hire, though, Jake. I like his scouting ability. And, and, and let's put one more thing to rest. And we're going to probably have to say this a bunch of times because there's been a lot of people floating out the idiotic, uninformed opinion that this is just a way to keep Ted Thompson in charge of things. Ted Thompson's not going to be in charge of anything. Okay. This is Brian Gunkust with a little bit of Mike McCarthy and a little bit of Mark Murphy. And then the staff that's assembled under the GM that are going to be preparing for this draft that are going to be looking at potential free agent ads and that are going to be shaping this roster. Ted Thompson is being taken care of because of the service he's put in. He's got some health things that whether he shares them or not are fine. He's going to have a consultant's job, much like Doug Melvin had a consulting job after he left the GM role, and he had no say-so in the direction of the organization. So people need to put that to bed. This is not Ted Thompson pulling the strings of a marinette. I like the hire because this is a football guy. I like Russ Ball a lot, and I'm glad that they're going to figure out how to keep his numbers, uh, his ability to crunch numbers. But there was the fact that he wasn't really a scout. He didn't have a scout background. And in the recent years, guys background have struggled as GM across the, the, the NFL. That's that's for sure. And number two, there is Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy both seem, at least behind the scenes, to have some reservations about ball. Aaron Rodgers is still your franchise quarterback, even if he only plays here another five or six years. You're not going to ruffle his feathers. That, that's a dumb move. Otherwise, you might as well just blow it up and trade him, right, if that's what you were going to do. I, I think that this was a right move to have the only guy I wanted more was Schneider, but it would have taken draft picks and money and a few other things. Um, I like the direction that they're going with the front office. Now, what it means from a reporting standpoint that the coach doesn't report to the GM, it's odd. It's, it's unprecedented. I'm not overly concerned about it. To me, it's not a problem till it becomes a problem. Yeah. And you know, it's a interesting is the, the way the reporting structure is, and you talked about them keeping Russ Ball and Russ Ball. I mean, he's he is. They said he's promoted to executive vice president, director of football operations. So he's still staying on there. You know, you, you did see Alonzo Highsmith and Elliot Wolf. Now they're joining John Dorsey in Cleveland uh, in the in their front office. Yeah, he's building a nice <laughs> staff over there. He Good is, for him. Yeah, and best of luck obviously to Alonzo Highsmith and, and to Elliot Wolf. Uh, I mean, I never I don't know them personally obviously, but uh, I swear I saw Elliot Wolf at least a few times at Badgers Pro Day, which is oddly enough coming up in in sometime in in March already, which feels weird that 2 months from now we'll be talking about NFL draft. Uh, even earlier with the Senior Bowls uh, going on there. And our Owen Reese will actually be down there at the Senior Bowl. And we hope to get him on the phone, talk to him about what he sees out of Garrett Dooley, Troy Fumagalli from the Badgers, as well as who else could entertain an eye from the Green Bay Packers uh, down in Mobile during that scene, those Senior Bowl practices. So, uh, and I mean, you, know, you talked about that, me too. You mentioned free age. I, I think with this, you're going to see the combination of draft, you know, building through the draft, but also you, know, you talk about it in, in Tex Western breaks it down on Acme Packing Company uh, early this week, talking about just, uh, you know, it sounds like they're going to have a different style 
uh, and the way that that he'll cry, kind of build this roster up, right? Where there's going to, it sounds like they're going to try to make some moves in free agency because they have to. So of course, also, you know, the the way to build a team is through the draft and being smart. Uh, right, but and he, he believes in that still too. Here's the other thing to remember, uh, and I'll let you finish. The point is, he, the reason they need to hit free agency. I'm not a huge proponent of spend, spend, spend because it usually doesn't work out. The reason they have to do this is they have too many holes to address in the draft, and you have an elite quarterback that if you, you might have six years left with him, um, of him being elite, you need to quickly fill some of these spots. And I think that's why I agree with that. And I know. Thompson, that wasn't his MO. And again, it served him well when he had a deeper roster, Jake, but this roster isn't as deep as it's been in years past, and they got to do some things, and they, they really have to restock for their new defensive coordinator, which I know we'll get into in a minute. So, yeah, I think we'll see more free agency, but I don't think you're going to see, you know, stuff like you saw in Washington over the years where Daniel Snyder would break the bank and those guys would bust. Um, you still have to be smart. You have cap money. That doesn't mean you waste it. You, you still have to find the right fit that fits either the, your offense or your defensive scheme that's coming in at the right time in their career. It's still the right price. I mean, there's still things you still have to – you don't have to be fiscally uh, necessarily overly conservative, but you have to be fiscally smart uh, in any if you're going to be as successful in any one of these NFL jobs. Right. And, you know, um, and speaking of just, you know, maybe this is a good time to bring it up. I asked on Twitter, you know, we're recording the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza tonight. And I asked people up on the interwebs, you know, what is essentially, you know, your grade? Like, how would you grade the Packers GM coaching hires uh, and, and why? And so maybe we'll start off with that. Like Owen Reese, our, you know, our scouting correspondent, our scouting analyst, Rocky Smith Quarter, uh, both at recruiting and for high school, you know, for recruiting and for drafts uh the nfl draft you know mentioned said uh b minus for for joe philbin uh and then also a for Patton. uh maybe that's a good segue to get into that uh neil olson one of our other contributors at bucky's fifth quarter he gave the, the hire of uh gudekunst uh a b uh offensive coordinator c plus not sold on philbin plus, uh, I, you know okay. I, what, right, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll bring into that. He said he's basically saying he will not bring any new ideas to help offset declining wide receiver skills or lack of middle field, uh, middle of field threat. Uh, uh, but defensive coordinator for Petten, a uh, if Jim Leonard says Petten will max talent with simple, flexible approach, I'm in. And maybe let's just start off with that, right? And, well, let's 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 not let's let, let's start out with Philbin first okay. while it's a hot topic because. I think you're going to find that we like, I agree with a lot of what they're saying about Penn. Here's what I don't get, though. OK, I've heard a few people say, OK, you know, declining skills. Wise. We haven't had a draft or free agent season yet. We don't know what pieces he's going to have to play with. I will tell you this, though, and this is something that's not disputable. And you could talk about different personnel and I'll, I'll accept that argument. But it's not disputable. That the Packers offense under Mike McCarthy was at its best when Joe Philbin was the offensive coordinator, what, five years ago? You know, that would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, you take a look at, I mean, Philbin, if you look at the stats, they were, you know, underneath Philbin, they were top 10, uh, you know, and it sounds like in each of the years that he was coordinator. And, and that included, you know, obviously the Super Bowl season back in 2010. So, uh, you know, he may be bringing back an, an old dog per se, but, uh, you know, and depending on how they draft or who they bring in, like, why can't you bring in, why can't you feel that they, you know, that bring in, you know, having, 
Philbin back right. and it happened helping Rogers out again. I, I think mean, you don't a, have a to sign. give it. A, you don't have to give it an A. Like I'm, I'll give. I'm giving it a B plus, right? But a C plus, like, I, I, I f- fair enough. I, so anyway, I, I like the Philbin hire because there's some from A again. Your quarterback likes the guy. Okay, so. You know, again, he you don't go to your quarterback for GM decisions. I get that. That's not what I'm saying. But your quarterback likes the guy. Um, there's going to be some comfort there. There's going to be a greater understanding of the scheme. You're not having to redo a whole scheme, okay? So from that standpoint, I think that gives them a leg up. Uh, you know, then bringing in somebody else who's going to try to change a few things or, you know, try to figure out if with the personnel and if he meshes with your quarterback I, I don't know I, I I think it's a good hire but I've heard this argument too and the same relates to Mike Pett okay I've heard people say things and again it's short-sighted it's weird um, and it's uninformed when I hear people say stuff like well he was a marginal head coach in Miami we're not hiring him to be the head coach you see what like it'd be different if Joe Philbin was your new head coach. That would be a D plus at best. Okay, that would be a move I would be against because he showed that he didn't have uh, the capability of of being big picture, run a whole team, keep everything in order, have men act like men, all the other stuff that happened in Miami with the bullying and whatnot. He handled that poorly. That's not his role here, right? His role here is to jumpstart this offense and make them more effective. Yeah, and I also know maybe they wanted someone, you know, you take a look at, uh, now granted, this is what they're doing, you know, Mark, uh, the former Oregon coach was hired as the Bears OC, uh, you know, uh, along with Matt Nagy, the new Bears head coach, which I think, by the way, I think the Bears are doing a good job uh, with with that hire and to tutor, you know, Mitch Trubisky even better and, and, and mold him better. Uh, I do know where, where, where Neil's going with that, where, you wonder how, as much as I feel like Philbin will be a good coordinator again, and he served before you, after uh, being fired by the Dolphins, he worked with the Colts, you know, as an assistant coach and an offensive line coach for Chuck Pagano. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I do understand what you're saying where, like, they have to find those weapons. That's going to be up to Gutekunst, right? right. And, and that staff work. Right. Like, you know, how are you going to supplant the fact that, I mean, I mean, granted, they have Devontae Adams now under contract. I'm right. sure Gutekunst is going to work with Russ Ball to try to work uh, to get Aaron Rodgers signed uh, to a longer extension and making him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL again, uh, just based on his worth alone. And you saw that, ba- right. you know, to, in 2017 uh, as a clear example. But you know, I'm wondering like who else they add in there. And and you, I mean, obviously, I, I agree. I think as a coordinator, I, he'll be he's able to concentrate just on that. Uh, Correct. And, so. and I think people are making like I know people want the hot, young, fresh college coach, the razzle dazzle guy, you know, the young guys like the guys you see running the Rams. But here's the thing. They're making they're they're losing their own argument because if they say that they have declining talent and age at these positions, these young, high powered offenses like you saw under Chip Kelly, you need like young, fast weapons. They don't have that now anyway. They still have to go get that. You see what I mean? So even if you want the young, flashy new to- new toy bo- toy out of the toy box, you still got to get the pieces. So I I don't know. Like, fair enough with with Philbin. I I like the hire. We'll see if I'm proven right. 
on that. And I really like to hire Mike Patton. And again, I had people say and saw it on, on message boards and heard it on radio stations here say, well, he couldn't win in Cleveland for crying out loud. We're not asking him to be the head coach. We're asking him to be the defensive coordinator, which, by the way, in every year he was Rex Ryan's defensive coordinator. He had a top 10 defense. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, and, who, and who let, you know, help lead that and from a player perspective, Jim Leonard. And, 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 you know, and those guys, you know, that def, those defenses, and even when Petten went to Buffalo, they were successful in 2013. That's be- right before he became head coach of the Browns. And, and, you know, you can't, you can't base off what was a, a 10 and 22 record for Petten off of, you know, squarely on him, uh, you know, right. for, in that where you saw that front office, you know, really just, uh, it, it was, I mean, right now what Cleveland is doing right now is a great overhaul and they're be, building themselves up for success with what they have right now with Dorsey. And now you have Highsmith and Wolf in that front office alongside Dorsey. So it's, you know, think of it as the AFC version of the Green Bay Packers right now. So, you know, except without that talent, which they're going to try to rebuild. However, you know, Petney, I mean, you can't blame it all on the head coach for, for not maybe necessarily having the right personnel. Uh, I mean, you know, Packer Reports, uh, Bill Huber uh, mentioned, you know, he had an article with uh, Trevon Williams, the former uh, Green Bay Packer cornerback, flat out stating uh, how much he liked, you know, essentially how much he liked uh, them uh, when it came to, you know, how much he liked Petten's defense. Uh, also, just, you know, Jim Leonard, uh, I mentioned before, Jimmy, you know, speaks the truth when it comes to his time, not, you know, in Buffalo when Petten was uh, a position coach, I believe it was outside linebackers, and then moved out the defensive coordinator for the Jets. Uh, and where they, you mentioned, like, one of the top defenses of the league, if not the, the top defense, depending upon uh, what you looked at uh, for that. So, I mean, you know, and, and I mean, you get those glowing reviews, and Rex Ryan had uh, talked to Rob Domofsky from ESPN and glowed about him as well. And I'm sure he will be because he's one of Rex's guys, but. I, and I won't, I and I won't, hold that, I won't hold that against uh, Pat Net. Rex Ryan likes him. Um, <laughs> and one final piece for those of you who want to point to his record as a head coach as a reason why he wouldn't be a good coordinator. He has a thousand percent more wins in Cleveland in two years than Hugh Jackson does. Wait, didn't Hugh do a thousand percent more? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because Patton's got ten wins and Jackson has one. Very true. So, so there you go. So say maybe the problem was <laughs> in the franchise and not who the head coach was in 2014 and 2015. That that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be a great hire. Uh, this team, you know, I, I think McCarthy. I mean, like I said, if you can get yourself a top, even a top 15 defense uh, this season with with Rodgers, it's only going to help. Uh, you know, I mean that that defense, if that makes a top 15, they should be able to make it back at least to the very least the NFC Championship game, if not higher, with based off of the, and what they can do on offense, as long as Rodgers is is healthy. So I, I think that's I think they're two great hires. I, I mean I, I'll give Philbin maybe a B, uh, not a C, but I'll, I'll give it a B. Uh, and uh, it's be remains to be seen how he comes back to Green Bay and what he can do now with a you know a little bit older, uh, still a wiser Aaron Rodgers, but also to see how once they get the pieces in place heading into OTAs and training camp, what he does. But Petten, I think, uh, just based on the recommendations and just what he can do. I think he'll be. I think he's going to be a, a 
a great coordinator, uh, and we'll see how he can utilize, uh, you know, guys like Clay Matthews and, and other, you know, and Mike Daniels uh, and, you know, Kevin King, for that matter. Uh, if you're looking at a Wisconsin connection, how, how Vince Beagle fits all into this and, and what type of fronts and sub packages, you know, the one nice thing I guess you can say, and uh, I won't have to hear about that damn turbo defense anymore. Uh, which is, uh, you know, or the turbo or the psycho or whatever, um, you know, it'll be, they'll have, you know, I'm really intrigued to see what Patton will do on that defensive side of the by, ball. By the way, Mike Patton's first year in Cleveland, uh, he was saddled with Johnny Manziel, who he didn't draft. Okay. Um, and he had the number nine defense in the league and the number 28 offense. And we're not, again, we're not hiring him to run the offense, right? We're hiring him to run the defense. So again, I think it's a, it's a great hire. I mean, you can't hold, you just can't hold his head coaching resume against him. Cause it just, it, there, there's nothing, nothing he could have done about any of that. And by the way, the following season, um, he had uh, dealt with a bunch of injuries. He really didn't have uh, anyone at quarterback, Josh McCown before he re- rebuilt himself, was the guy there, and uh, he was also without. Um, I'm just checking into something real quick. Um, yeah, so that second year was the year that uh, that Gordon was suspended. It's his best weapon missed the whole season, so it was the first of his two years. That he, so anyway, long story short, welcome to Green Bay, and uh, I think you're going to do well again. Though, much like we talked about with Silver, you know, I like what I've heard day about that and the way he coaches to people's abilities he is a i think where he's a little bit better or maybe a lot better than um dom capers is he keep adjust so what this is how it was explained to me as the layman here somebody explained to me how dom capers has a defense and he runs it and you have to f- catch up you have to fit in or or you fall behind right you you, you in it but sometimes with that is you may fall behind but you're needed to start and you're not grasping everything and yada 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 right you follow me right. there okay <clears throat> what i've heard about Patton is he'll adjust things both in game and throughout the season where he knows he might need you to start but he'll do some different adjustments on the defense to play to your strengths which is something capers didn't do Capers just continued to, we're plugging ahead, we're plowing ahead, we're moving forward, and guys would get lost behind, and that's why you saw so many blown coverages and things of that nature. So I already like that. There's still some pieces that have to be gone, and there's got some grocery shopping that needs to happen before Mike Patton can make the four-course meal. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, when you talk to other coordinators, too, you know, you try to fit your scheme in, but honestly, too, I mean, it goes back to Scotty, you play to your player's strengths, and I think that's one thing, especially in the college game, you have to adapt to. To play, you know, the players make the make the game, and you can schematically do whatever you want to, but you have to, you know, if if you use that type of, of thought process of what you described, if that's what Capers did, then you know you're you're defeating the purpose there of of players not being in the position, or you know you're you're not playing to what they can their potential can be, and so I'm I'm interested to see how. Petten works with with this group of players and and also just how you know with this hire how it affects what they look at in the draft or free agency uh, and whatnot. So you know it's going to be uh, I think there's more yeah there's definitely a lot more buzz than it would be during the playoffs right now, uh, which I know is bold to say maybe a little bold to say but it 
it should be intriguing to watch, uh, you know, what goes down coming up in the coming days. And I mean, and like I said, here's the thing too, like, you know, you and I both stated, these are all reports outside of the Gutekunst tire. They haven't announced, they, there's been reports, multiple reports out there talking about Mike Pettin. Uh, Rob Domofsky mentioned uh, Joe Philbin. Uh, you know, he reported that Joe Philbin was expected to come back as his offensive coordinator. Uh, and then, you know, there's also other reports there too. Our friend, uh, friend of the show, Lance Allen, the gun show uh, from WTMJ in Milwaukee. Frank Signetti uh, Jr. is under serious consideration. Uh, you know, is he's under, uh, looks like, uh, oh no, he actually, they say per reports, he has been hired. Uh, you know, by the for the Packers, who he has connections to Mike McCarthy, uh, and then on top of that, Tom Silverstein reported uh, both that Joe Witt is uh, been promoted uh, to uh, he's a defensive pass game coordinator, uh, which is previously from the cornerbacks coach, and also uh, Patrick Graham, who is a defensive line coach. Uh, you know, is uh, he's interviewing for a position on the defensive coaching staff as well, according to Silverstein. So all these reports out here, nothing. Outside of Gutekunst has been confirmed as a high, you know, as, as as set in stone. But based on all these sources and everything, the you know the reputation of those reporting, it's easy to say that um, that you know this is going through and, and you know these these changes are taking place. So it's going to be fun to watch. In my opinion, just to see how this uh, retooled front office, this retooled offensive and defensive coaching staffs, you know, and what McCarthy does, you know, this is McCarthy's time. He, he now reports out to Mark Murphy, Murphy. He not, you know, this is, this is the time for him to show, Hey, if I have all these pieces together, we can make these runs happen. Uh, besides, you know, falling out, uh, you know, and now picking in the top 15 of the NFL draft, you know, you know, give me your free agents, give me your, give me the right draft picks and make it happen. This is his time to shine and him time, his time to prove it. Uh, and I think you know, this is there's some optimism uh, and some I, I, yeah I'll call it optimism going forward uh, with this team and uh, we'll see what takes place uh, starting soon. <coughs> well, I think what's going to happen too is these these hirings will final and then it'll be quiet for a while because it seems like the Packers really wanted to not drag this thing out and I think part of it is because they wanted to just let the dust settle. Uh, get everybody back aligned, make sure that everybody was where they needed to be. Then it'll be quiet, and then you'll have the combines, and then you'll have the draft, and then the news will pick back up. So I think within the next week, the focus will now be be on the conference championship games, then the Super Bowl, and then you'll start to have the offseason craziness, and we'll see how the Packers play and all that for sure. The other thing I did wanted to point out – the Packers had zero pro bowlers until earlier in the week where Mike Daniels was named as a replacement to Aaron Donald. So as of now, and it'll probably be more because maybe one or two more, just because there'll be a, the team that teams that go to the Super Bowl won't send their players to the pro bowl. So there's likely going to be maybe another one or two players, but the Packers as of now, have a pro bowler on their roster. Yeah, so I mean, gosh, gosh, like, how many times have you heard heard that? Really, you know what I mean? Like in the past, I don't know, like in years, saying there's only one Pro Bowler is because as an alternate, that's just it's crazy to hear. Uh, but then again, we don't have the the league's best quarterback, and it really shows behind the curtain just how the team's not ready to. Help, oh, you know, sure. to, to go it down. Exposed, it, it exposes, exposes 
the, the thinness of this roster. I mean, it, it absolutely did. But uh, any before we uh, before we uh, take this home, uh, any other coaching? I mean, Nagy in, in, in Chicago, I think, is a, a good hire, especially like I mentioned earlier, developing uh, their their quarterback of the organization, their franchise quarterback. Um, Gruden off to Oakland. Let's see, Gruden. Okay, so we'll see what the Chicago, what Nagy does. I mean, he's the hot hire right now, but, you know, we'll see what happens. The other thing to look at is Gruden, you know, we knew, we heard that was happening about a week ago. Ten years, though, man, that's, uh, wow, that's, that's a big contract. We'll see what happens there. I think the intriguing story through the off season is going to be, you know, A, a little bit about what we talked about last week with the, uh, uh, New England Patriot drama. We'll see what that ends up being, if that's a lot of smoke or not. But if if it is true, if there is some truth to it, there could be some interesting, interesting um, uh, hiring, uh, an interesting process that happens in New York with the Giants. Because there's been rumors that started popping up Tuesday night about Nick Saban coveting that job there's also been some rumors that bill belichick feels that there might be a play for him there if he decides he wants out of new england maybe it'll end up being just uh, some high-powered assistant from some other that gets that job but i'll be watching the new york giants job a lot and we'll see how the some Ashley of these Home rumors are if they're, proud to introduce they're really anything or if it's just a lot of smoke yeah no that'll be definitely something to watch and i'm it'll it'll just be i'm like i said this is now that the Packers are involved, it's really interesting to to watch even further just the moving parts and and what they can put together in uh, in our, just around the NFL. So uh, also, if you guys don't didn't see it, they they released the uh, the NFL did about the games over in England and the Packers are not in there. Uh, they are not going to be over there in London or Tottenham. I think it's the Tottenham. I'm I don't know. My, They're going to end yeah. up going to London someday. And here's the thing. There are a lot of another poll that a lot of people are mad. Oh, they shouldn't go. I look, I don't care if they go. I don't want them to give up a home game because it doesn't make any sense for them to do that. But and the only caveat as a fan or as even if it's an organization I would want is make give us a game. Don't, don't make a home game and make sure we have a buy following. Otherwise, who cares if they, you know, to be quite honest with you, if they played in a, new, a, a road game in in England on a neutral field, they would likely be the home team as far as crowd response anyway. Who cares? Like, Why are people so mad about it? Look, I think the London games are dumb and awful, right? But everybody's got to play them, and nobody has a real advantage. If both teams have to fly to London, n- nobody's really got the advantage. The advantage comes the week after the game if you don't get a bye, and, you know, because then, you know, you could come back you know, six hour time difference, yada, yada, yada. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm fine that they didn't get one this year. They're going to get one eventually. And it's likely the league will make sure it's not a home game that they have to give up. So anything else, by the way, before we take it home, brother, you don't know. No, I mean, you know, I'd love, we're going to get a chance to kind of recap final, do the final recap of the Badger season, hopefully next week and talk about the future. Cause the future offensively looks good defensively, some of that depth is going to get tested, right? Because, you know, a lot of seniors, a lot of uh, upperclassmen that are going to be leaving on that defense. But, you know, many people who cover the team, and and you certainly do, um, know and and have been told about the depth that's there. And I guess, you know, Badger fans and Badger Nation are going to find that out 
pretty quickly next uh, next fall. Absolutely, and we'll break that down. Uh, hopefully next week. Hopefully we can get on uh, either Ben Morgel or someone, obviously from the Badger Beat. Uh, you know, and I'm hoping to do like a, a, a breakdown, like maybe probably hopefully a two part episode, two parts. Uh, yeah, two parts, two episodes. One breaking down the 2017 season that was. And then, look, like you mentioned, Scotty, looking ahead, that offense returns 10-11 starters. Michael Dieter is now back for his redshirt senior year, his final year. Uh, and then, you know, so you have firepower there with Alex Hornibrook and four wide receivers. And, and, you know, everyone's talking about the four wide receivers. You haven't really even gotten a chance to talk about Jonathan. You know, that everyone's all excited about these receivers. But there's Jonathan Taylor, who could be a Heisman Trophy finalist behind uh, starting, you know, a deep you have two deep worth of starters on the offensive line. So that, and so there should be some great combinations and see how they can play out there. Uh, and then like you said, the big question is the defense. What can they do with that defense? And not, they have to replace at least seven starters. Uh, TJ Edwards comes back, which is going to be a big plus to help lead the defense and, and, and assert themselves. But they got questions on the defensive line at end. Uh, what are they going to do replacing three or four starters in the secondary and whatnot too. So uh, this it's going to be a lot of. I mean, we'll have a lot of fun talking about it, discussing it. Uh, but I mean, Wisconsin could be, you know, obviously the favorite again in the Big Ten West. Uh, could challenge again for the college football playoff uh, if if they play their cards right. If they can win against Michigan on the road at uh, the Big House uh, over in Ann Arbor, and also you know against Penn State on the road too. But uh, we'll get into that next week. Uh, we'll get into that next week. And uh, for those that don't know, too, uh, make sure you guys check out the Ross uh, Family Matters podcast. Uh, if you get a chance to Google that, uh, Google it, go on Facebook, like that. Also, uh, take a look and uh, you can search on iTunes, subscribe. Uh, if you're, if for those that like indie wrestling, they just had uh, the last real man of professional wrestling, Silas Young, on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Great stuff there, Scotty. Uh, and it, you know, obviously, I'm I subscribe as well, so it's a uh, it's it's fun to listen to. And if those that like wrestling, uh, it's it's fun. Also, um, my uh, public house media show, Fantasy Wizards, is on hiatus till baseball season starts, but that'll be coming back. But I just made another appearance on the reboot of the What's the Score. Uh, game show and I sixth appearance. It's a three-person panel show, and Dan Pfeiffer and Armin Sarian were on there with me. And I am victorious. I'm five and one in my six appearances, five first-place finishes and a second-place finish. Um, so check check me out. Dropping some uh, some sports knowledge on everybody. Excellent. And, and for all you guys, thanks for listening. So we're coming back early next week with another big podcast. We're going to focus on Packer uh, on Badgers. Uh, hopefully for two episodes. Uh, then obviously you know, we're looking ahead. We we'll talk Brewers. We'll talk some Bucks too soon. So make sure you guys uh, check back the Polish Rifle Scott Wisniewski. This is Jay Kokorowski. We'll talk to you guys next week here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. <laughs> <laughs>